Live to tape. Millennial Season 2, Episode 16. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Elisa is not here this week, unfortunately, but we brought in ex-host Micah. Welcome back, ex-host Micah. Live to tape. Live. <laughs> oh my god, he said it. That's all he's going to say the entire That's it. episode. I'm done. <laughs> if there's one thing that, that we are known for on the show is that we are always friends with our exes. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to uh, be back on the show. Uh, it's, it's been a while. We were actually talking just before, and it's been since December, so I haven't even been on the show in 2016. So, Yeah. yeah. What's changed in the last five yeah. months since you've been on? What's different about you? Oh, I thought you were going to say what's different. I was going to say Trump is still uh, in the race. Yeah, but what's how have you evolved? Yeah, we want to learn about you. Hmm. I, was, I wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> It's okay. You think about it. Let's know prepared you. to make up an answer. Mm-hmm. Well, Micah, something that we we know is still holding true for you is that you're still living in New York. Yeah, I'm still here. So, in New York. have you have you seen Hamilton I'm by not. chance? If not, well, I don't know if you heard, but they were recently nominated for 16 Tonys. That's beautiful. That I got is... a lot of CNN alert on my phone. Oh, good, good. That's um, about all I know. Have you guys listened to the soundtrack? Yeah, of course. Oh, no. Slight, oh, my God, Micah, you don't I know what you've been pimped saying. out the Hamilton soundtrack more than pretty much anything. I think it's almost on par with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Probably. I drive around in my car listening to that stuff and just jamming out. And it's so great. Um, from what few clips that I've seen online, it looks like a fabulous show yeah. that I hope to see at some point. My, uh. <laughs> My boyfriend actually saw it this past week. He was really? in New York for the week. Yeah, he saw just a whole bunch of shows. And How did he get tickets? He paid. <laughs> did he sell he himself? He paid a lot of money. I'm going to be in New York in a couple of weeks, and I was looking at tickets, and the cheapest ticket you can get is like $500. Yeah, that I think that's around how much he paid. Like he, oh, like, my God. Uh, like if you, but pot, but, ugh, if you pay for it like six months in advance, it's a about maybe two or three hundred, but like it's oh, okay. it's almost impossible. It's, and he was telling me something though about the show that I mean the show is amazing. Like he said, like even all the hype really didn't do it justice. Um, but Hamilton is going to go on tour starting next year. Yeah. Um, they are coming to Atlanta, so I'm very excited. Um, yeah. and LA. LA too. Yeah, I yeah. can't wait to buy tickets and then flip them on eBay for like quadruple. <laughs> you are part of the problem, you son of a bitch. I actually. But anyway. I I, oh. I saw uh, I was watching the news today about about this the, these nominations and apparently the average price for a ticket is twelve hundred on the resale sites. Jesus average price. But yeah, you know I haven't watched listened to the soundtrack yet because I don't believe in this, uh, in this in this in this decision to listen to a musical before you actually see it. Why? Why? Because because don't you want to experience it for the first time like live in person? Yeah, but I don't think that a uh, like the soundtrack to a musical is so disconnected from seeing it in person. I mean, of course, like it doesn't do it justice, but you can still follow yeah. a little bit of what's going oh, on because definitely. it's a musical. Like it, the plot is furthered by the songs. 
Okay. And the songs are great, even by themselves. Yes. Some of them are like singles. Like, wait for it. We played that last time, Andrew, and you're like, wait, Hamilton sounds a lot more like studio quality. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's so good. And like the the cabinet rap battles. Yes. Like, oh my God, it's so good. Oh. But anyway, we're really happy Lisa's for the cast here? of Hamilton. She went to see Hamilton? Oh, yes. Oh. If she did that without me, I would kill her. Pro- <laughs> I'm sure Lisa would lose her shit over it too. Anyway. Well, well- Andrew, you, you asked what I've been doing since the last time I was on the show. And actually what I did was I, I bought up all of these tickets for a show called Hamilton when nobody knew what it was. <laughs> and I've been selling them on the side to uh, yeah. make some additional income. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Uh, That's smart. That's smart. I know, right? Tickets. Yeah. One, one, um, one story related to this, and you may have talked about it. I don't know if it's actually legitimate, but I heard it, was that you know how Harriet Tubman is now going to be on the $20 bill replacing Andrew Jackson? Yeah. Yes. Well, there, I read a story that said that Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, was going to be removed from the $10 bill. And because of the success of this show, they decided to keep him on the 10 and remove Jackson from the 10. Whoa, wait. Because of Millennial, they are no. taking <laughs> yeah. Andrew Jackson off of the 20? They're very influential. No, yeah, mm. Micah, you're right. Um, uh, Lin, Man- Lin Manuel Miranda met with the Treasury uh-huh. dude and uh, the Treasury dude told him that Hamilton would probably stay and they would be so stupid to get rid of Hamilton after after all the Hamilton hype over the past year or so. Well, yeah, so and I mean, to, to be to be honest with you, it makes more sense anyway, because Hamilton was our first Treasury secretary. So it makes sense to have him on the currency. Yeah. And Andrew Jackson was a genocidal asshole. So it makes <laughs> sense to take him off the 20. Unfortunately, he's not getting completely removed, but. You know, progress, I guess. But I mean, Back of the bus. Lynn has to be one of the coolest people. He's probably going to be time persons He's of the so year. so cool. Oh, you like, know, I, I honestly think so too, Andrew. That's really, that's really interesting. He's so fun to follow on Twitter. He's so real and he's very supportive and like inspirational. I don't follow him, but I see the retweets. <laughs> oh my God. I just watch YouTube yeah, you don't videos need to of follow him. him. And I feel like my face just melts off from yeah. just how fucking adorable he is. Yeah. Uh, he was on John Oliver the other week. He's mm-hmm. writing the music for Disney's upcoming annu- animated movie, Moana, which comes out this fall. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. He did a great job with that. Doesn't Mulan already exist? No, no. Mo- um, Moana. Moana. Mo- Moana. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's like a, uh, <laughs> is it South, uh, South American or I think South so. something? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, congrats, Hamilton. Hey, I just wanted to jump in with a couple quick plugs before we continue with today's episode. Um, <laughs> we launched a new Hypable. I would love if everybody went and checked it out. Uh, still working out some kinks, but overall, it's uh, pretty much together, standing up on two legs. So It's uh, crashing on me. Feel free. <laughs> no, it's definitely not doing that. Is it the full screen ads? Oh mm-hmm. fuck you! You know, like uh, <laughs> ads. Look at all these ads. I uh, we're actually we we haven't tweaked, so the ads don't show up very often. Okay, so you have to click it a close button every once in a while. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it. it out after the show, so my browser doesn't crash while we're talking. <laughs> Go to hell! If they do not break the browser. Hey, at least it's not like a certain other website that we know that had just full page Starbucks Frappuccino ads on every page. Oh, did MuggleNet used to have that? Don't you remember that? I think we did a podcast. Uh, Yes, we did. I remember that. Yeah, there were Frappuccinos literally everywhere, and they were all animated. Yeah. 
online advertising is hard to deal with because the ads have to be noticeable or else they don't make any money. So that's why those types of ads happen on every website, by the way. Oh, totally. Anyway, um, and also just wanted to plug that Laura was on the most recent episode of MuggleCast. Yes. So good. That show is still going on? Yep. Still. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's bitter. Uh, yeah, still doing that show, <laughs> and uh, we just launched a new website. Micah was instrumental in launching that new website, bringing all the episodes over. So that's why we threw him this bone and let him come on Millennial. This this is my reward. Yeah, <laughs> good job, Micah. That'll do, pig. That episode. Wait, what did we call it? We called it Laura's Pants Part Two. Oh, come on! <laughs> because Eric awkwardly on an episode of MuggleCast a few years ago awkwardly wedged into the show that he had Laura's pants like completely out of the blue it's like one of the creepiest things he's ever said and he said a lot of creepy things he goes Laura did you get your pants and I was like what and he's like your pants I mailed you your pants and I'm like what are you talking about it's like sisterhood of the traveling pants yeah I left my pants in a hotel room in LA apparently and he took it upon himself to return them to me Laura, so, if you had to bang one muggle caster and you can't say Matt, Micah, or myself, who would Oh, that kind of takes all the good choices out of it. <laughs> but you can only choose Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I was it, Elisa was on the show. Oh, yeah. I would we all know you two bang each other. But yeah. Jamie, problem solved. Yeah, but Jamie's married, and that's weird. Not married yet. I can't, well, he's practically married. I can't think about a married man that way. It's just really? not, it's not right. No, not, not a enough. married man that I know. Okay. Oh, okay. Do you really know <laughs> Jamie anymore, though? <laughs> I mean, I know he's British, okay. so. Enough of this. Laura's, Laura's blushing. That. I can hear it from here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know me this, so well. This is a good transition into our new segment here. Yes, so we're going to be doing Fuck Off Cupid today. For those of you who haven't heard this before, this is the segment where we do dramatic readings of some of the most ridiculous messages you've gotten on online dating apps. Excellent. We will Mm -hmm. be talking a little bit about nice guys in a few minutes, but for now we want to kind of set the mood and do some dramatic readings for you. Matt, Andrew, and Micah will be reading three separate messages, and... Andrew, can you uh, give us some music? Mm. (laughs) March 14th, 2 o'clock p.m. Hi, sweetie. March 15th, 5.11 p.m. Hi, sexy. March 23rd, 12.51 a.m. Hi, beautiful. I guess I'm bothering. March 24th, 6.49 p.m. Hi. Am I bothering? Thursday, 9.58 a.m. If you beat down a man in a soundproof torture hall, does he make any noise? Today, 1.53 a.m. Eh, whatever. Let's fuck our brains out. Hit me up if slash when you're ready and willing. This is the plan. Are you ready to hear the plan? 
today is the day. Today is day one. The plan is to talk to you for four days non-stop. On here, kick, or WhatsApp. Then on the fifth day, I will ask you out on a date, and you will ask, how can we date? I will then ask for your address and tell you to be ready at 7 p.m. on the seventh day. Then, at 7 p.m. on the seventh day, you'll receive a knock on your door. And there I'll be asking if you want to go explore New York, to which you may reply yes, and we may have a great time, or you may reply, what the flip are you doing here? And I will explain to you that I was already going to New York on the sixth day, and it's been a week-long plan to spend a week with you in New York, and the plan started the moment you read and replied to this message. <laughs> wow, thank Man. you guys. You guys are Micah, such good sports about this. <laughs> Micah was channeling Liam Neeson from Taken in that one. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, those are some of the submissions that some of the many submissions I should say that we've gotten. Um, you can send your craziest interactions to millennialshow at gmail.com and we will put them up on our Instagram, which you can follow at fuck off Cupid. Wow. So those are real. Those people. Yeah, those, are real. Gotten those. those are our listeners who've gotten those messages. Wow. <laughs> there are a lot. Yeah. They, we get emails every day of people being like, look at this shit. And it is mostly women that are writing in, but we have gotten some stuff from men as well. So mm -hmm. it, it clearly happens to everybody. Um, but something that I wanted to talk about today in association with some of these messages is the idea of the nice guy. Have you guys ever thought of yourselves as nice guys or do you know anybody who self-identifies <laughs> as a nice guy? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I think when, like, I, I would consider myself a nice guy, but I don't think I have ever written or sold myself as calling myself a nice guy. Cause I think that's a quality that you just don't have to sell. You know, it's like calling you, like, being a feminist. Like, I don't call myself a feminist because I, I just don't think fe uh, a feminist needs to tell people that they are. They just are. So, right. Show, don't tell. Yeah. You just don't yeah. need to tell people. So basically, nice guy syndrome is something that I think a lot of heterosexual women in particular tend to encounter. And it's the whole trope of like the guy who's always the friend, but never the boyfriend. And he's always really upset that the girls never want to date him because, quote, why wouldn't they want to date me? I'm such a nice guy. And... It seems like a lot of the time, if you have to remind everybody what a nice guy you are, you're probably not that nice of a guy. You're probably just a really big whiner. Yeah. Just prove it. Just prove it. Yeah, Laura, yeah. why do you have to come at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Mike is the type Micah. of guy who, who wouldn't brag about being a nice guy. He just is the nice no, guy. No, not at all. No, Mike is super nice. That's what you're saying mm -hmm. now until the next episode when you get listener feedback and you're like, <laughs> we were just joking about that. <laughs> Gutter him up while he's on the show. So, I mean, Micah, we've talked a lot about online dating in the last couple of episodes, so I wanted to give you a chance. Have you used any online dating services? No, actually. And obviously, it's working out really well for me, but... Uh... Well... I, no, you know, it's interesting, though, because there's there's a balance between stories um, that I've heard and then also your friends that I've had who have met 
um, and had serious relationships and got married and mm-hmm. are still together to this day. So, you know, th- there's good and bad with everything. I, I think, though, that a lot of what's out there right now, th- to me, there's a difference between using the Internet or social media for purposes of looking to actually have a meaningful relationship and just looking to hook up. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of what's out there right now, and you guys may have discussed this, just seems like you're making it easier to hook up with people. Um, mm-hmm. And then what are the downsides of that for people who, you know, we hear a lot about bullying. I'm sure that can play into stuff like this as well. So, and it makes it that much easier to, you know, treat people like shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just in regards to the point that Micah was making, I cannot tell you guys the amount of messages that I get from guys where it's like so clear to me, like I can see straight through all of the pretense and I know that they're just trying to get in my pants, but they started out trying to play that nice guy approach. Like they are like, oh, I'm really sweet and fun and genuine and I love to cook with my mom and, you know, all these things that I just know are bullshit because why are you sending that to me in a, like, one-paragraph intro? And it's probably the same conversation. It's just now done via uh, dating apps because it just sounds like the same kind of lingo that we've seen or heard you know, in the past, like 10, 20 plus years, when you meet at like a bar or something where guys try to ap- approach women and have these kind of uh, saved phrases and topics that they want to bring up. But really, they just want to fuck you, you know? Yeah, like, I guess at least in those circumstances, though, it's usually a more drawn out affair. Like these guys message you and it's like one paragraph with all of that information crammed into it. And it's like, oh, definitely, I'm going to spread my legs for you now. Because you just penned the great American novel and that message to me about how much Alexander you love your Hamilton. mom. Mm-hmm. That's right. I, oh, I would for him. A part of it is that there's a lot of pressure to stand out and, and really prove yourself quickly with people in the world of online dating. So, But it's also so much easier to contact someone through it. Yeah, Like all you need to do is just write a sentence and then you're done. Like, it's a lot less threatening than having to do it in front of somebody at a bar in front of most likely their friends or someone that they're with. Mm -hmm. Witnesses. It it, it removes the barrier, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I think at the same time, it it does create barriers as well. Because, you know, if if I'm going through one of those apps and and I'm looking at different girls and what is it? You just swipe one direction and and that, you know, means you like her or you don't like her. but, But how different is that than going into a bar and seeing a girl and saying, oh, you know, it's that instant first connection mm-hmm. most of the mm-hmm. time. It's not, you know, you're, it's all visual, right? Yeah. Unless you're somehow managed to connect with somebody online where you never at the onset know what the person looks like, that's different. But 90% of the time, you're, you're working off of a visual. So what's the difference if you're working off a of visual on your computer or on your phone or working off the visual in person? You know, you're, I think, and I've addressed this, I think, on the show before. I've seen a couple friends use Tinder, and the rate at which they swipe through people mm-hmm. is alarmingly quick. Right. And, yeah, right. But, and, and I get that that can happen in a bar, too. Maybe you're just, like, glancing around, and you give somebody a quick glance, and that's it. But at least that person's still there, so you could rethink about it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I agree. There's, there's that whole 
thing, their, that whole conversation where someone's like, well, if you really get to know me, I'm sure you'll like me. That will not work with Tinder or these online dating apps because it's very strictly like just your instant reaction and opinion on somebody. If you do it in person, you know, there is definitely, you know, that bigger risk of being rejected in front of people. But there's also that opportunity to try to get them to change their initial thought of you. I don't know. I think like to some degree, there's some dehumanizing going on because like, would you walk up to a girl in a bar, Micah, and say, <laughs> whatever, let's fuck our brains out. Hit me up if and when Andrew you're willing. La- laughing at. <laughs> you know, like, would you, would you actually say that to a person's face versus, you know, we have this guy you know, who felt free to send it in a message. And, and that goes to the point of lowering the barriers, right? Mm-hmm. Is that because you're just able to text text and not necessarily think about the consequence of that or at least you're not thinking about it immediately because you don't have to answer in that immediate moment to what's going on and what you're saying that allows you to send the message that you just said right because Mm -hmm. if you i obviously if i did that i would get slapped in the face or need in the balls or or any number of things right And, and that's not how i would approach a situation but to your point I could just as easily go and do that on my phone and not think twice about it. So there, there right. is sort of a, the barrier to doing something like that is completely removed, right? Unless, of course, that's what the person on the other end wants as well. Mm-hmm. I'll keep that in mind next time somebody sends me a really bad angled mirror selfie of himself standing in his tidy whiteies. It's like, yeah, bro, that, that does it for me. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that would be a fun thing for you to do, Laura, is instead, you know, the whole reason why they're they're doing is because there's no real loss. If you say no or even not respond, they're just like throwing something in the dark. What you should really do is just get on their ass constantly and just keep texting them that person back with all these, you know, negative things. Wait, 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 Matt, you're going to have to hold on a second. I'm being told that we have a breaking news update from the Millennial News Center Andrew Blitzer is going to update us with more. (laughs) Stand by for a CNN projection. So we're recording here on Tuesday night, and we have just learned that Ted Cruz is dropping out of the race. It is over for Ted. This is insane. What's going to happen? What does this mean? I know, but... But this is it now. This is it. It's either John Kasich or Trump, meaning it's... So it's Trump. Trump. Oh my God! A year ago we were laughing. A year ago we were. We laughing. still are, but we're nervous laughing. No, now I'm crying and laughing. <laughs> Nobody yeah, like liked that. Ted Cruz, though. I mean, come on, let's be honest. It, the guy was just. No one liked Ted Cruz, though. I mean, we we already came to accept a few weeks ago that the Republican ticket was going to look really awful, no matter whether it was Cruz or Trump. The the two who most likely were going to. Get yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, they both suck. We were all banking on Jeb Bush. Like we thought he was a shoe in. <laughs> Poor Jeb. Please clap. And the other funny Jeb. thing is, bye Jeb. So, the other thing is, and we were planning on Look, talking uh, about this until the news broke. Uh, Cruz a few days ago announced Carly as his VP as in a last ditch effort. Well, Gosh, and that was so fucking awkward because at that point he needed to win 133% of the remaining delegates in order to get the nomination. Mm-hmm. So announcing a VP candidate at that point is very presumptuous. Mm-hmm. 
or it's just the uh, reflection of who he is as a person. He just doesn't seem to be able to accept defeat and accept for what he did tonight. And I know we're going to get into this a little bit more, and you've probably discussed this so many times on, on previous podcasts, but I just find it to be very, very sad for our country that mm-hmm. on the Republican side of the ticket, this is the best we have to offer. You know, I mean, I think there's so many people who are out there, and Kasich is probably the closest we got to it, where there are certain things that the Republican Party used to stand for that maybe some people could get behind. And and you just think to yourself, how is this possible? possible you know th- there used to be candidates that you could look at and say there's somebody i want to vote for but i just think people that actually have half a brain would look at the, what was on stage not just with who's left right now but going all the way back right to when there was what 17 candidates something ridiculous like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and you say to yourself this is the best america has to offer it's a joke yeah even mm-hmm. now trump is a joke the fact that he is going to be the nominee for the Republican right. Party. It's I, just, it's sad. I think this was a publicity stunt for Trump. I don't think that he ever actually thought it would get this far. Yeah. And now it has. Good job, America. I yeah. think the media has a lot to do with it. And I know that's a lot of what Trump's opponents on the Republican side have said. But if you think about just how much coverage, how much airtime somebody like Trump has gotten over the course mm-hmm. of the last six to eight months during this entire primary season, the, the coverage is unlike anything that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I know we had both nominations up for grabs, right? Obviously, last year or, or four years ago, nobody ran against Obama on the Democratic side. So it was just the focus on the Republican ticket. But here you have both of those tickets open. The the number of debates, the number of town halls, the number of interviews, it's just our our 24-hour news cycle has been inundated by all of these different nominees. And I think a lot of that has been driven by Trump and his celebrity and the fact that he doesn't have a filter. He says what he thinks. People identify on on a, on a global level with what he's saying. And, and that is just what we have come to accept, I think, in, in a large part with him oh, yeah. now being the nominee. Mm-hmm. It's just, and, and what I was going to say earlier is somebody's going to have to coach him up, though, because he doesn't stand a chance on stage against Hillary. She will oh, absolutely destroy him. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be There's such no a question. He, he, yeah. he, he will get absolutely eaten alive by her on stage. And... I don't know now, does he pivot to your point, Matt, Laura, going more towards the center? He probably does. But also, who's he going to look to pick as his vice presidential candidate? Who's going to want to be his vice presidential candidate? There's so many things. (laughs) I don't think at this point, I don't think he's going to be getting coached. I think think personally that Trump is going to start moving more center so he can appeal to people who would potentially be voting for Hillary or Bernie. I mean, he's already been already been talking up Bernie, telling him he should be running as an independent. Yeah, I bet he would like that. It's not going to fucking happen. Well, it's also frustrating because now Bernie and Hillary are still fighting and the Republican nominee has essentially now been decided. So now Hillary has to deal with Bernie and Trump. Yeah. I mean, hasn't she always? More or less. Yeah. I mean, 
I just think that at some point, Bernie's going to have to sail off into the sunset and just let Hillary now move ahead with the nomination because Bernie's not going to win and he knows he's not going to win. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to be a little bit of a pest that, that just will not go away. And I think he needs to now move, you know, to support her and to get his supporters to support her. Because if that's the case, there's, there's no chance with the way that Trump has, you know, gone about his campaign and the resistance that we've seen from the Republican uh, establishment that he has a shot to win this election. Now, I don't want to come back and look at this episode, you know, a year from now and say I should have uh, watched my words, I guess. I, I don't know, but it happens. I, no, I mean, you're, you're right, Micah. I mean, the thing, the fact of the matter is Bernie Sanders laid off 200 plus campaign staffers last week after Tuesday's primary and he has vowed that his campaign is going to continue to the Democratic nomination, but that it's going to be eight issues or rather an issues oriented campaign, which means he knows he's not going to win. Mm-hmm. It's over. He's behind by over 320 delegates. It's done. I'm really sorry, Bernie mm-hmm. people. I really do, though, appreciate. I mean, I love Bernie Sanders. I do. And I really I really appreciate what he's done for this election and for just the public in general when it comes to uh, presidential elections, like the movement that he did bring or he is bringing that, that that he brought to to light, you know, the things that he stood for and the outcry and the agreement like he came he, he came really high up. I mean, he is really high up and he started with everyone just throwing him to the side and he he got all this. He got so many contributions to his campaign, and so many people behind him. With Trump winning this election now for for the nomination, has he effectively destroyed the Republican Party? I mean, is, is it as we know it? Is it over? Is it, you know what does this mean? Like, how do they have to go about reassessing what they value, what they stand for, what their message is going to be? Yeah. Because having this kind of a joker as their presumptive nominee can spell nothing but failure for them as a party moving well, forward. They're going to have remember, a lot of work to do. They're going to splinter. In the 2012 mm-hmm. race, they're, they, after that, they decided they needed to regroup and, and reform. And it, I don't, I That's won't say it backfired because Trump was never a part of that reconstruction. No, but it did backfire though. It totally did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this whole the ushering in of the Tea Party that has yeah. fucked them. I think I they, think Trump is just a just proven. He's just the he's just proof on how dismantled the party is. I don't think he broke it apart. I think he's just the proof of how broken it is. Exactly. He's and the how symptom. Dumb it's, people are in America. Yeah. I've been saying this for a while. You have to be really dumb to vote for Trump. Sorry. I I know that's going to offend people. I know people who support Trump. I'm in. I'm in. Yep. Me too. I've actually stopped talking and engaging with those individuals. <laughs> um, but no, well, I, I just call her <laughs> Lisa. Sorry. <laughs> I totally agree. I feel like the Republican Party has cut off its toe in spite of its foot, and it's just it's not working out well. I think they are going to splinter. I think it is going to be a very long time before we end up with another Republican in the White House. 
as a mm-hmm. result of this because the Republican Party, like they are supposed to be the party of pragmatism. Like that's what they're there for. And they're just not doing it. And I don't think you have to look any further than, you know, the, the I saw a story this morning that uh, John McCain's former advisor for his presidential campaign in, in 2008 is supporting Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should give you an idea. And somebody like John McCain could support Hillary Clinton. I mean, yes. there are some influential Republicans that may not have any issue sort of going against Trump in this case and getting Hillary into the White House. And you know, the, the discussion about Bernie earlier is interesting to me because, and, and this might not go over very well with some people, but to me, Trump and Bernie aren't all that different candidates because they promise things that they can't deliver on. And in somewhat different ways, right? Trump's a big talker, but yet he has no substance behind his policies. Bernie talks about you know, what he could potentially deliver, but doesn't have the financial infrastructure to be able to support what he's saying. So mm-hmm. it's both of them are very big idea candidates. They both lack a lot of substance. They do. I mean, I, w- I would argue that where they differ, you know, is the fact that Bernie is not... Experience? Like, yeah, and Bernie is not a hateful um, asshole. No, like, he does fight, and he does believe in the things that he says. Oh, I think absolutely. that's a huge... Different, I think, but I know what you're saying, Micah, that they, I, I, just for different reasons, like the, the things that Bernie is saying about, you know, like free healthcare and, and insurance in the top 10, 1%. College tuition. Yeah. College you're never tuition. Never going to be able to provide free exactly. college tuition like, for every kid. Th- this, in this is country. stuff that we, that is a problem and needs to be fixed, but it's also a very long, long road to to get to and it's not going to be something that happens within one presidency yeah it's not going to be fixed within like two terms of a president oh god not i mean it here's my thing and this is going to be my little rant and then i'm going to end it um i really feel like I, i i get really resentful sometimes of people who are new to the political process acting like those of us who have been engaged for half of our lives or longer are somehow like establishment shills because we question these types of possibilities. The idea of like free college and free healthcare for everyone. We question like, how are you going to implement that? And it's not because we're Republicans or because we're like secret conservatives. It's not because of any of that. It's because we've been engaged for a very long time and we're aware of how it works. I'm really glad that a lot of new people are joining the process, but you need to understand that just because somebody questions your idealism does not mean that they think it's a bad idea. I just feel bad for right. Carly. Poor Carly. I don't. She, she fell so down. Excited. Nobody helped her up. I know. <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. Well, look, I think the best way to end this segment here is to quote the irreverent John Boehner, um, who... <laughs> I, I never thought I'd agree with him on anything. I actually uh, texted Elisa when I saw this quote thinking of her because I was I said to her, did you ever think there would be a day that you would agree with him? And when he said, I've never worked with a more miserable son of a bitch in my life, referring to Ted Cruz. So <laughs> if John says it, it must be true. Well, John Boehner's. Oh. Well, speaking of Boehner, and I thought this is where you were going with this. He had a little cameo during mm-hmm. Obama's 
White House correspondence dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of our actual president. Yeah. <laughs> to, to lighten up our Washington Roundup edition, let's play a little bit of Obama's um, speech during the White House correspondence dinner. This is his final one. The presidents always do this. They're always pretty funny. So here was Obama on Republicans, and this is more poignant than ever. On the Republican side, things are a little more, how shall we say this, a little more loose. <laughs> Just look at the confusion over the invitations to tonight's dinner. Guests were asked to check whether they wanted steak or fish, but instead, a whole bunch of you wrote in Paul Ryan. <laughs> That's not an option, people. Steak or fish. <laughs> you may not like steak or fish, but that's your choice. I really want Obama to be a comedian after oh, he's done. He's so great. He's good. Yeah. Uh, there were so many. I mean, he basically showed up Larry Wilmore, who was the, the keynote speaker. He was funnier than the comedian. Oh, yeah. Larry Wilmore was really bad. Although I did like his ending. Meanwhile, in Indiana, maybe we'll have another update before the episode's over. But Bernie and Hillary are, are duking it out. In fact, I'm seeing different reports calling it for Bernie and Clinton. So... It just doesn't, like, I hate to be that person who rains on people's parades, but it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> it literally doesn't matter. It's over. Right, right. Basically, but Trump just became the Republican nominee and Hillary Clinton just became the president. Let's just, <laughs> let's just accept yeah, this and move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I saved it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, if I'm wrong <laughs> on November 10th, everybody's going to shove it in my face. Well, that's the thing. And, and that's what I wanted to actually say earlier. We, we never thought Trump would be at this point. So honestly, I would not be surprised if Trump becomes the president at this point either. No, not surprised. Uh, however, I'm leaving those debates. <laughs> yeah, same. But the debates are going to be something else. <laughs> come this god. summer or whenever they oh happen. my god that's right i can't fucking wait i we need to get together and just have a drinking party <laughs> we need mm -hmm. the i'm gonna need to be drinking so while we move on so okay so this week um this week we made history by <laughs> by movie trailer standards um the new female-led ghostbusters movie just broke the record for most disliked movie trailer in youtube history uh the trailer uh aired around march and the reaction was almost immediately disappointing but like does that really warrant being the most disliked video of all time no it has i mean it has 507,000 dislikes and to put that in perspective like the fantastic four trailer has only 20,000 dislikes and the ridiculous six which has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, has only 5,000. Wow. And it seems, though, that just because... Oh, well, despite how you feel about the trailer, I guess we'll talk about it. But, you know, there's a lot of conversations going about how it's systematically, like, there's a fixation to get a lot of dislikes for this movie just because it's female-led. The misogynistic... The misogyny of this whole thing is pretty... It's pretty apparent. What do you guys think? 
I agree. I mean, I didn't think the trailer was great when I saw it. I, in fact, felt a little bit disappointed by it. But that disappointment had nothing to do with the fact that the leads were portrayed by women. Um, and I feel like, like you said, Matt, you gave a couple of examples of movies that have completely tanked that don't have that many dislikes. Um, and I've read some of the comments and there's some pretty vile, oh, just yeah. like vitriolic bullshit going on in the comment section on YouTube. Here's, so here's, here's some comments I, I, I wrote down. When are people going to learn that women aren't funny? Ghostbusters, fat dyke edition. Um, we made it. Oh, and there's another comment saying we made it to 500,000 dislikes, guys. Let's get it to a million. So there's obviously like something going on. Well, what's going on is I wrote. You have a breaking news alert. Bernie Sanders will win the Indiana Democratic primary. CNN projects. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jeez, no, come on. I don't dislike Bernie that much. No, no, I like Bernie. I really do. Um, Good. Thank you, Micah, for that update from the MuggleCast News Center. Uh, the MuggleCast News Center? Yeah, little throwback. Uh, you guys are covering uh, politics now? Yeah, we're desperate for listeners. Hey, 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 that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's our arena. Yeah, that's okay? our thing. We're like Gawker. During an election year, we, we focus to politics. <laughs> we, we switch focus. So the rest of the time, it's Harry Potter. Yeah. No, so uh, this Ghostbusters thing, I actually wrote about this on Hypable, and I caught some shit from people, because I, I kept repeating that it was lonely men, in capitalized letters, who were... It totally is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people people don't believe this, but look, like Matt said, there's over 500,000 dislikes on the video. No other trailer compares by hundreds of thousands. So what happens? A bunch of lonely men are watching this trailer, getting their panties in a twist over the fact that it's... um women in these roles that used to be assumed by men i agree the trailer wasn't that great i'm looking forward to the movie i think all the actresses who star in it are funny um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's just ridiculous that i disagree andrew look i'm a traditionalist and (laughs) only men can fight ghosts Uh, well it's funny you say i mean because look the movie itself the original is a little misogynistic towards women and i think the there there is this certain group of of guys especially on the internet that you know hold some of these movies that they grew up with very close and they don't want it changed but because they've get never the fuck had over sex it. <laughs> yeah like yeah. get the fuck over it well, look, and it's the, a reboot i'm just joking obviously but the, right. the first film was made in the early 80s you know but the only argument that I could see here, and I don't think it in any way warrants you going and hitting a dislike button and making the comments that some people make, is maybe you're just a movie traditionalist. You know, maybe you just like the originals the way that they're made, and you. But that doesn't mean you have to go and do what's being done here, right? It's yeah. mm-hmm. if you could just say, hey, you know what? I like the original Ghostbusters, and I'm not really interested in seeing a remake, right? Right. Yep. Is there anything wrong with that? I don't no, think so. No, not at all. But I, I do feel like if they were rebooting this with an all male cast, it would not have gotten this kind of response. Yeah. And like, do, do no, it likes really definitely matter. Would. No, but it speaks to the state of how it's a larger problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's speaking to yeah. a larger problem, and I think larger. it's yeah so. because there's going to be a lot more female led comedies. And this is just the beginning. Like, you got to get used to it, guys. Um, well, and even like any any arena in which a woman is in a position of like power or authority, um, 
or or a place to be seen, you know, she will always take way more criticism from the invisible masses than a man will. I mean, I've been podcasting for 10 years and I think I can attest to that. I have gotten some nasty fucking emails from people. I've gotten some nasty fucking tweets. And I mean, I can't speak for all of your experiences, but I mean, I've had some really like nasty personal attacks directed at me as a result of being so publicly, you know, accessible online. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a problem that women in these kinds of positions experience all the time. Also, despite the fact that, okay, I just looked right now, it's it's over 600,000 dislikes, but it's got over 30 million views. So how much of that is propagated, though, by there being a lot of buzz around the fact that it has gotten so many dislikes? That people drives people to just it. want to go there. I am. I'm still really excited the, uh, to see it, even though the trailer, yeah. the trailer, right. it was not a good trailer. It it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't good. And you but, know, it's interesting, Laura. Nothing um, really makes more clear your point what you just said than Trump's comment about Hillary playing the woman card. Yep. And this I'm, guy is now going to be running for president. So. Okay, so let's move on now to uh, a new game we recently launched here, The Number. So I'm going to give... Micah, you haven't been on this year, so you don't know how this works. I'm going to offer give a, a num- number. Yeah, you got it right. <laughs> and you guys have to guess what I'm talking about. So here's your clue. Millennials spend $900 on average to do this. So it's like an experience. Is it a material thing that I'm obtaining as a result of spending the nine hundred dollars? I would say it is not material. Okay. Is all encompassing this this number or is this yearly? Wow. It is. Um. Hmm. It is. It is yearly. Yes. Okay. Ah, textbooks. Nine hundred dollars a year on textbooks for college. Okay, boys. Hmm. But that's material, isn't it? Uh, but I said maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Um, I am going to say, uh, parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... This isn't your personal experience, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say like apps and music. I'll say health insurance. Okay. All good. All good answers. All good answers. But you're all wrong. Ah. Uh, millennials spend. $900 to attend weddings every year. Ugh, I can oh. believe it. Yep, flying wow. there, attire. USA Today also notes childcare or pet costs. Uh, I was also going to say coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. actually, I bet it's more than that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's probably more. You look at your Starbucks app and check your receipts. Whew. I was at a Starbucks <laughs> today, 290 I believe it was for a medium and Starbucks mediums are disappointing on the, on the iced side for an iced mm-hmm. coffee. Come on. $900 though. I guess that makes sense. Cause we talked recently about how much weddings cost. Yeah. So I guess it's not just expensive for the people who are having the wedding. It's also for the people attending. No, I was a, I was a maid of honor in a wedding a couple of years ago and there was my plane ticket. There was my dress. There was my gifts to the bride and groom. Oh, the cake was great, though. <laughs> yeah, you were there for the cake. That's right, Matt. That's right. <laughs> some of the cake before Elisa threw That's up on right. it. Whoa. I'm sorry, wait. What <laughs> wedding was this where Matt also happened to be there? 
Matt, so I went to some friends, uh, they got married in Maryland and Matt happened to be in DC at the time. So we got together with Elisa and, um, I brought leftover wedding cake and Elisa threw up on it. So we couldn't eat it. She was drunk, but yeah, (laughs) she threw up on the cake and Laura was like, you, did you throw up on the cake? Did you throw up? No, that's not mine. That's not my throw up. All right, well, that's how we played the number. Dumb bitch. I, I like that game. It's fun. I know, yeah. me too. All right, so I'm, you know, I thought about cu- coming up with a new game because of the new season of Game of Thrones. And since, Micah, you are part of a Game of Thrones podcast, yep. what is it called? Game, game of, of Owns. Game of Owns, yes. <laughs> so I thought of a new game, and it's called Game of Moans. That's and what <laughs> the podcast should be named, Micah. Yeah. yeah. Get a lot more downloads, I'm sure. <laughs> or groans, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, God. So the the trick of this game is um so Game of Thrones is pretty known for a lot of uh, a lot of titties, a lot of nudity. And so I I have made up this game where you have to guess which sexual position that I give you is real. I'm going to give you each person three sexual positions, but only one of them is actually real and you have to pick one describe to the best of your knowledge what it is and then i will tell you if you're right okay does it have to be game of thrones themed is that can we... no no it's no. not it's not themed. these are like no these are actual these are no, actual. no but i'm saying as we make our guess should our answers be game of thrones themed as long as as long as you describe how it's done you could do whatever you want all right I would say, you know, be a little, it'd be easier if you just do it regular. But if you want to be, if you want to go the extra mile, Micah. So, Micah, you're going to go first. All right. Since, since you're talking. Um, okay. So here, here are the three. Niagara Falls, Rudy Tootie, Fresh and Booty, and Froggy Style. And, and only one of them is real. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So you have to guess, guess which one you think is real. And then you have to describe it. All right, I'll I'll go with froggy style. All right. So first, you have to make sure that you're out in the forest somewhere. It can't be in you know <laughs> a normal setting. Okay. Right. Okay. And you need to make sure that you crouch down into a frog-like position and mount the other person from behind <laughs> and scream "ribbit, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit" as you're doing it. That's great. <laughs> That could have been real, right? I'm assuming it's, it's not it's, correct. Yeah, but. yeah. You, you actually, Micah, you're wrong. But. <laughs> Can I guess which one I, I actually think is right? Yeah, Niagara Falls. Yeah, that's the real one. But I couldn't think of anything good for that. What is that? Uh, Niagara Falls? Falls is facing the faucet. Kneel in a tub that's already filled with warm water. Inch up so your body is very close to the water flow. Then lean forward and hold the wall or sides of the tub for balance. Your guy comes, climbs in behind you, also kneeling, enters you from behind as he thrusts, guide the water stream with your hand from the faucet or detachable shower head between your lungs. <laughs> that sounds way too complicated. Right. It's, it's, it, your man has a prime G spot potential. That's why you do it. Mm. Yeah, that's what you buy vibrators for though. Yeah, it's, I'm gonna try but it's not Niagara. Idea later. So, <laughs> 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 all right. 
<laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> Laura, you're next. Oh, boy. All right, here are your three. Chocolate rain. <laughs> suspended Congress. <laughs> the doggy door. I mean, I feel... I don't know what to say for I feel like chocolate rain is probably the real one. Um, And I, I think for that one, that probably involves... um some kind of like real chocolate. I don't know if it's chocolate syrup or chocolate milk or something, but it or involves, shit. well, I didn't want to go <laughs> that route, Micah or shit. Um, that is either spread all over your partner's body or otherwise like removed through <laughs> oral activity. <laughs> I'm just going to stop you. Um, no, I'm sorry, love. Okay. Uh, suspended Congress really? is the right one. Does that, yeah. is that like? It's, okay. it's, it's actually not an uncommon sex act. You have most likely seen it if you've ever watched porn. Um, it's when the, uh, usually well, in a heterosexual fashion, uh, the male lifts the female partner off her feet. The woman wraps her arms around her partner's neck and the man grabs her butt and, uh, penetrates her. Oh. Usually, usually against a wall for support. I didn't know that had a name. That's called suspended Congress. Oh. We got well, new things to try, guys. That's pretty vanilla, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I just love, like the name. All right, Andrew, you're next. Jumping the car, rockabye booty, and snapping turtle. Uh, I'm going to say snapping turtle. Okay. And I think the snapping turtle is when you're, you're going down on your lady and you're making noises like, and like <laughs> licking her vajayjay in between. So like, no. lick, lick, lick. Wait. Lick, lick, lick. <laughs> you want to try, Laura? Where did you get the idea that anybody makes those noises? Well, oh, this you is don't, nice. Unless you're doing the snapping turtle. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody did that to me, I would be like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> well, Andrew, you are not correct. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's rockabye booty. Oh, that's the what <laughs> snapping. Turtle. At the very least, we've come up with new definitions. That, that yeah, add. I think I think we've insist actually created new sexual positions. Honestly, Laura. Uh, rockabye booty is with your man on his back. You slowly straddle him. Once he's inside, you have him lift up his torso. And position yourself so that you're sitting face to face. You wrap your legs tightly around his butt and have him do the same to you. Then both of you and your guy should link your elbows under, uh, under the other person's knees to lift them up to chest level. Cradle each other in a bear hug fashion. That's that also sounds-, sounds too complicated. Listen, you don't need to do any of this shit. It's just, you know, you get in, you apply some some attention to certain important areas and you get out mm-hmm. and and that's all you need. It's all you really, need. really what this is, is that since you're kind of just in a bear hug with your arms and legs wrapped around each other on the floor, you can't really do any real movement. So all you do is rock back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, could you do me a favor and go mm-hmm. on OkCupid and ask if anybody's into the snapping turtle? 
Sure, I will. I'll do that right now, and I will update you in After Dark. Great. While we're doing that, why don't I update everybody on the show, since we're at the end of the program here. Uh, you can visit millennialshow.com to get updates about our podcast, including downloading, streaming, subscribing, all of these things. Maybe you're curious to listen to previous Micah episodes. You can do that there on millennialshow.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Millennial Show. Uh, Facebook.com slash Millennial Show. Twitter.com slash Millennial Show. We also got the Facebook group, which is at Facebook.com slash groups slash Millennial Show. And of course, our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Millennial. You can support us and help us reach our next milestone, which is the live, the monthly live after dark. And if you mm-hmm. sign up, you also receive some other cool benefits. You'll be in the running for surprise, bitch. If you <laughs> pledge $10 a month, you can, you, you will become an associate producer and you will receive a limited edition millennial t-shirt, which we are slowly but surely running out of stock of. So if you want to grab one of those, uh, now is the time to sign up. And of course, our flagship benefit. If you pledge at $5 or more per month, you will have access to After Dark. And what is coming up on After Dark today? We're going to be talking about Game of Thrones. Micah knows about that. He hosts a podcast called Game of Moans. No, no, no. Game of Owns. We may change the name, though, based on Matt's recommendation. Yes. I think Perfect. It, I think it really improves. So, well, yes, we'll listen you. to it then. Thank you for plugging it, uh, Matt, earlier during the uh, very, very interesting uh, segment that we did. You guys oh. should play that game on Game of Owns. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't see Eric wanting to play that game. <laughs> we're also going to talk about uh, today. We're recording uh, on Tuesday. It's Teacher Appreciation Day. And mm-hmm. not only is Chipotle doing buy one, get one free for teachers and educators, uh, but we're also going to talk about the teachers who have changed our lives. I-, I have a teacher in mind who jumps straight to mind. Two, actually. Thanks, Very everybody, cool. for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Horror. And thanks for having me. To wrap up the show, to play us out, we're going to play some music from Hamilton. We'll see everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye. Not me. Shot. I am not thrown away, ma. Shot. Yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not thrown away, ma. Shot. I'm going to get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I'm amazed and astonished. The problem is, I got a lot of brains, but no polish. I got a homicide to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm a-